0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio,
1: 6.30 check Here we go, left to right. Connor McDavid in the third round of the shootout, between circles, settles the puck from the hash marks, dish, score! What a move! Dragged it to the inside, then brought it back out and tucked it inside the left post. He's starting to feel it in the skills comp. Talbot, a save, and this game is over. Tavares, 28% of his career, in over the line. Shoots, good can Tim Talbot, the save! Edmonton, the victory! Two, one, in a
2: shootout!
3: Quite a finish at Rogers' place, the Edmonton Oilers' rally and pull it out. 2-1 in a shootout over the New York Islanders. Connor McDavid tying it with a minute 50 left in the third. He had a penalty shot in overtime. Another absolutely outstanding overtime to watch. Jordan Eberle, almost the hero. 42 seconds left in overtime. Cam Talbot, one of his best saves of the season. It goes into the shootout. Dugent Hopkins and Eberle traded goals. Both great moves. Seidel and Beauvillier both denied. McDavid scores, and then Tavares stopped by Talbot. 2-1, your final. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. That was Cam Talbot's save of the game for RV Wars. Massive spring clearance sale today through the 11th in West Edmonton. Visit rvwars.ca. For details. I, I want to hear the call of the save on Eberly a little later on tonight as well. I know we'll get to that. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. You can reach us at 780 496 0063. Well, it's one of those games where the, where these teams are, Rob. It, it, it hurts the Islanders more than the two points helps the Oilers. At this point, McDavid does set a career high with thir- his 31st goal. Ethan Bear gets an assist for his first NHL point, so some milestones. But, I mean, I think we got to start with, with the highs, and the overtime was thrilling, nerve-wracking. <laughs> like, you couldn't take your eyes off
4: it. Well, it was just action, just nonstop action. It was uh, a great scoring chance one way, turnaround, great scoring chance the other way. It was speed. It was skill. It was talent. Uh, It was huge mistakes. I I think that Barzell, who's going to be rookie of the year this year, without a doubt, uh, learned a little bit about gamesmanship. You don't try a pretty play between your legs when you're going out against the best player in the world. You just don't. Uh, You turn the puck over, and all of a sudden, there goes Connor McDavid on a breakaway. Uh, So I I think he learned something tonight. Uh, We saw some fantastic saves in overtime. You know, there were so many great chances, but the goaltenders were up to the task. Gibson was excellent. I think he's going to have nightmares of McDavid all night tonight, the numbers of times he saw him one-on-one. And then Talbot called up, we talked about it, for them to win the game. He's going to have to make a couple big saves. He made a few in the third period on the two-on-ones that the Islanders blew opportunities on. And then obviously uh, Jordan Eberle had could have had the moment that he had dreamt of from the time he got traded, winning an overtime game in Edmonton. But Talbot comes across, across with a fantastic save because that was a great play. Yeah, that was a wonderful pass uh, on that play it set up Everly back door. He's unable to get it up high enough. So, uh, as exciting a five minutes you're going to see in hockey, and they even took a little break so that we could see a penalty shot. That's right. Uh, so it was uh, the only thing I would have changed in that whole overtime uh, if I'm coaching with. Uh, how was it, it was 28 like seconds, 30, or 26 yeah. seconds to go in overtime, face off in the offensive zone, I would have called timeout and then put McDavid and Drysdale right. back out on the ice. It's the only thing I would have changed in the entire overtime, but I tell you, that was that was fun. Great overtime. Clefbaum almost had his second straight one-timer right in
3: front, 25 seconds in. Great save by Gibson. And then McDavid went through all three Islanders 50 seconds into overtime, and Gibson made, I think he got a piece of that one, mm-hmm. and the puck flipped to the corner. We mentioned Barzell, uh, Hook, and McDavid on the breakaway to set up the penalty shot, Eberle's chance. Uh, just, a, just a lot of thrill. I mean, Nugent Hopkins was very good at overtime, two, I thought, and uh, Tavares had the puck on his stick a couple times, didn't get a shot away. It, it was one of those, you know, I know people uh, like to use this, it was one of those everything is happening type of overtimes.
4: Well, you know what, uh, y- y- what you saw in that five minute overtime is you can never play a game in the National Hockey League three-on-three. Uh, three. You can't play full. Uh, I mean, the heart attacks that people would be having in the stands, the energy, like, like <laughs> I'm standing up here. I got no, no skin in this game. I'm standing up here. Oh, my goodness. I, I lost about five pounds just jumping up and down up here. I, it, it was as good as it gets. And when you put highly skilled players on the ice with that much room in a three-on-three three situation, the skilled players are going to gonna show what they're capable of doing, and we saw that tonight. So the Oilers win
3: 2-1 in a shootout. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 25 bucks every time the Oilers score. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. You will hear from head coach Todd McClellan right away. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
5: This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime
0: Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630.
1: The New York Islanders won the Edmonton Oilers Nothing. Stretch pass and a beauty. Clef bomb to McDavid. Left wing with Davidson back. Change of pace. Center passed deflected off. Davidson and no! Chris Gibson and the Oilers get a bounce, and the equalizer with a minute 50 to play. Connor McDavid banks one off his former teammate. He's got 31, and this game is tied.
3: McDavid's 31st of the season off Brandon Davidson and then off the back of Christopher Gibson's head and then dropping over the goal line for the Oilers to tie it with a minute 50 left. They would eventually win 2-1 in a shootout, a slow game that picked up throughout the third, and then certainly an incredible overtime and an entertaining shootout as well. Oilers take it 2-1. Let's go downstairs. Here's their head coach, Todd McClellan, for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL on the West End or online at gcldiesel.com.
6: You know he was disappointed that his line was the one that gave up the goal in a tight game and and you know obviously that's motivation for him can you just talk about the goal that they gave up and then everything that he did to well the goal they gave up was uh one that it was avoidable we turned the puck over an individual turned the puck over at the blue line and based on on our pre-scouting we knew they would stand strong there and we had uh, a game plan that included, you know, getting pucks to a certain area in the offensive zone and then going to work. And we didn't do that. Connor happened to be on the ice for it. He didn't have a lot to do with it. But um, you know, that line was a little indifferent early, and then uh, started to shuffle things around. Played Connor on three different lines down the stretch, um, and um, you know, we were lucky enough to get one late. And then uh, we're usually a pretty good overtime team, and we saw that again.
1: Uh, two quick ones about Cam Talbot. One, just his performance tonight, and then two, how important is it for him to continue to build confidence in himself down this stretch, considering just the season the team has I
6: thought Talbot had a good, a really good game tonight, a calming game for us. Um, he wasn't tested a lot, but when he was, he made great saves. Uh, I think of the one in overtime, I think on, on Jordan, uh, the leg coming out, and those are hard games for goaltenders to play because sometimes there's a lot, lot, not a lot going on, and all of a sudden it's, it's coming at you. Uh, so he played well. He was a calming influence. He thought he managed the game well. He gave us whistles when we needed them when we were tired. And uh, moving forward, um, obviously he missed some time this year. We're trying to get him into a lot of uh, reps and games, kind of get him back into uh, that starter rhythm that he had last year. And we hope that he can uh, continue to work on his game from now till the end. Todd, do you ever? Uh- Ever not amazed at how much Connor can play? He played 10 minutes in the third period and four minutes in the overtime. And he, he took on those two defensemen in overtime, even though he'd been on yeah, the- well, You know what? I think I'm still learning. Um, and I'm, you know, three years with him now. You push him to the limit and he raises the bar. You push him to a limit, he raises the bar as far as uh, being able to recover. Um, tremendous uh, cardio system that he has on his body. He's such an efficient skater. And uh, I asked him after the game, I said, are you tired yet? And he goes, there was one near the end I was starting to get tired. But that's remarkable that an individual can play like that. Uh, speaks of his skating ability and how efficient he is. Um, you know, over and above that, he's hauling people around on the ice too. They're, they're draped over him, he's got to stop and start. And he's got to battle in the face off circle. So uh, it is, it's remarkable wanted to ask about Jujar Kara a little bit as the season is a season on he keeps bringing a little bit more and a little bit more to the table where do you see his upside going do you kind of know even what you've got yet with this guy uh, you know what I, I think he's improving um every game every day in practice he's getting more and more confident he's got more poise with the puck he's uh, imposing his physicality as we saw again tonight that gives him room in the league and um you know, I feel good about playing him in, in all different situations. He was one that went up on the wing there for a while. He uh, he was on the ice in the last three minutes. He penalty killed. He's on the power play now. Like It's a lot of ice time um, earned on his behalf. You got uh, almost 20 minutes out of Ethan Baer tonight. Can you maybe just discuss... Um, you know his use he was in the lineup ahead of some veterans tonight, and just what you 're seeing that makes you want to continue to yeah you know i wouldn 't read a lot into being into the lineup ahead of veterans we're if, if ethan 's here he 's going to play, and that 's unfortunate for some of the other veterans that are here. Uh, benny came out tonight benny wasn 't feeling good um, you know so we were going to pull a, a defenseman out we used the one that was not a hundred percent. Um, next game, if Ethan plays, uh, we'll have another guy out, um, where we are in the, in the, um, you know, in the standings and not going to the playoffs, obviously we can afford to do a few things like that, but it'll be on an earned basis. And Ethan's earned that ice time.
3: That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan recapping a 2-1 shootout victory for the Edmonton Oilers over the New York Islanders. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, and we'll welcome Alex onto the show. Hey, Alex, thanks for calling. Nice, how you doing? Good.
7: I'm glad to warm. I wore my can-tell at Jersey tonight because he was amazing. I can't tell how great it was to see uh, to hear him because I, I can't watch, but I can hear uh, him making all these great saves. I do have one question about backup goaltenders versus Edmonton. Chris Gibson tonight, George V a couple games ago. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but the guy in Chicago, McElhinney in Toronto, Soros against Nashville. What is it about backup goaltenders being super strong against Edmonton? Is it the mentality of the players you know, wanting to take it easy on them, or is it the mentality of the goaltenders going, okay, I'm playing against Connor, I'm playing against Leon, it's time to raise my game? Or do you think it's a combination of both?
4: Well, I, I don't think the Oilers are an offensive juggernaut, for one. So it's, yeah. it's not as though a backup goalie comes in, all of a sudden the Oilers are going to score five or six. They're, yeah. they're just not They're not enough. a good enough offensive team. I think a backup goalie comes in uh, against the Oilers and, and sees some of the players, so he's up for the game. I don't think there's any thought process on the Oilers right now. I don't think that if this was... Let's see. Who's a high-scoring team in the National? The Pittsburgh Penguins go out, and all of a sudden they see, okay, this kid Gibson's playing tonight. I could see someone like Crosby or Malkin say, okay, this is going to be a good night. Let's test this guy early because it's a team that can score goals. But the Edmonton Oilers, they're just, uh, uh, I I think that sometimes they struggle to score goals. It doesn't matter who's in the net they're playing against. I thought Gibson played well, and the Oilers threw uh, some pucks late in the game, but I don't think they test them enough early. You know the shots yeah. in the first period. I think were nine-seven or something along that that line. You, you know when you have the one thing you talk about when you play against a team with a, a goaltender who's a struggling or a goaltender that hasn't played a lot is throw everything on net early because if, mm-hmm. if if you can rattle them early in a hockey game, it'll carry over. The Oilers didn't rattle them. Gibson was able to get comfortable in the game, and as we saw, played very very good. And one unlucky break is the only goal that beat him. Yeah,
3: thanks Alex, Alex we good. appreciate it Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The fourth star tonight is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive Sale dates, do we have to go with Bear First point for the kid?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's uh, one he's going to have Videotape <laughs> ah, and show him but He's he, on the scores, his name's but, on the scores But the good thing about him was how he played tonight He, he played very, very good uh, he, he, As we talked with Bob earlier at the end of the game He just looks confident, he looks comfortable He looks composed and is very deserving of the, the ice time in the games that he's getting.
3: All right, Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout. The three stars, by the way, were Talbot, Gibson, and McDavid. You're going to hear from former Oiler Doug Waite, now the coach of the Islanders. Tony is up next on the phone lines. Quick news and weather update here. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. Six thirty chair. The Edmonton
3: Oilers edge the New York Islanders two one in a shootout. The Oilers are now eleven and four in games tied after 60 minutes. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:34. 34 Mention, Rob, this a costly loss for the Islanders who are now 0-4-4 in their last eight. Let's just run through the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Panthers beat the Canadians 5-0. Lightning over the Rangers 5-3. Sabres beat the Senators 4-3 in a shootout. Nashville, 10th straight win, 4-2 over the Ducks. Hurricanes beat Chicago 3-2. Kings lead the Capitals 2-1 in the third. Second period, scoreless Blues and Sharks. Boston knocks off Philly 3-2. Jets edge the Devils 3-2. Hall's point streak ends at 26. Line gets his 39th. Blue Jackets a big win. 5-4 over the Avalanche. Golden Knights shut out the Red Wings 4-0. So the Blue Jackets getting a win. The Panthers getting a win. And the Islanders on the, they were a minute 50 away from getting two points. They have to settle for one. So now... The wild card teams in the East are New Jersey and Columbus. And, and the crazy thing about New Jersey is great as Hall was doing. Uh, they don't have anything locked up. But they're in an okay spot. They have 76. Columbus has 75. Florida is the best non playoff team at 73. Carolina still pushing at 71. And now the Islanders at 68, seven points out.
4: Well, they're seven. I, 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 they're, their time is done. The team that you got to watch in that, though, is Florida. They're two points out of, behind Columbus. They got. Three games in hand on the other teams. Everyone else around them, the two in front of them, the Devils and the Blue Jackets, both have 68 games. Carolina and the Islanders behind them both have 68 games. Yeah. And Florida's sitting there with three games in hand. So uh, they, they're a team that I don't know if anyone's really talking about. I, I When I saw the standings today, I'm like, whoa, Florida's still in. It. I hadn't even heard about that. Uh, with everything that has happened in Florida uh, this year, and the sadness that that state has gone through with with the schooling and the shooting and all that, you know, that would be a a, a feel good story for Florida, having them make the playoffs and maybe bring a little happiness to that area. But yeah, the Islanders, there's no way the Islanders are making the playoffs. They are not good defensively, and at this time of year, you've got to be a, a, a pretty good defensive hockey club, and they're not. Uh, and and if they don't make the playoffs, is it them just losing revenue? Or to them not making the playoffs, is this where Johnny Tavares says, you know what, I'm signing elsewhere, the, the rebuild or what we're doing here isn't good enough to make me want to stay?
3: 2-1, the Oilers win in a shootout. You'll hear from Doug Waite in a couple of minutes, but 1st nine six zero zero six three. Here's our old buddy, Tony. Tony, what's going on?
7: How's it going, boys? Doing well. So, um, honestly, I was hoping Halls uh, she could go. He may not be an order, but he's an order for life. Doesn't matter. Um, this is probably the weirdest question I've ever asked, but it's about McDavid. You know how fast he goes, right? Do you think he'll ever. How many years until the league. Because I know he's on his prime yet. How many years until the league uh, do you think it's going to take until his, his speed slows down?
4: <laughs> well, it's a good question. It, it'll be. Most players don't hit their prime until 25, 26, 27, 28. So what is he now? Twenty-one. So that's, he's got seven more years till he hits his prime. Um, uh, he may not get faster per se, but, but he's going to all
3: And he'll become a better all around intelligent player. And uh, he already well, is pretty intelligent. Not sure. Not sure. Well, but guys learn subtleties and all that kind true, of
4: stuff. True, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't think the decline in his speed will come for, god, eight nine years. And the thing is, when he declines. He's just going to come back and just be a little faster than everybody. I don't think he's ever going to get down to my speed where, you know, someone running beside me on the ice could, could pass me. Uh, so I'm not sure that there's a – and the thing with the great ones, when part of their game isn't there, they can adapt and find another part they're going to be better than everyone else in. So I, I, I don't think that worrying about Connor McDavid's speed right now is anything that is too pressing for for other fans.
7: I have one more question. Um, for, uh, for us, and I'm going to talk about him again, let's say, because we, we have him for another, what is it, eight years now because his contract hasn't come up yet until the end of the season. Do you think that, yeah, you know, we will make the playoffs, I'm thinking, within the next year, two years or whatever, but if we don't bring McDavid a cup by the time that he's done with our with our eight-year contract? Do you think he's going to want to go
4: somewhere else? I mean, you're asking yeah, a question for eight years from now. Yeah, I don't think we... Uh, I, I don't even know if he can answer that question. I mean, that's... Okay. I mean, that's something that could be eight years in the making. I think Connor McDavid's goal is on tomorrow, and I don't think he's worried about what's going on seven, eight years from now.
3: McDavid, huge tonight, helping the Oilers rally and win it in a shootout 2-1 over the New York Islanders. There, the Islanders head coach, Doug Waite, former Oiler. Here he is for BDO First Call, Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies, and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees.
0: you got three minutes of my best here, guys. Let's go.
1: Just any words left to describe the way no, these things have been
0: going? I don't. I don't. Nothing that's... Nothing. I can't.
2: Do
1: you think, do uh, you feel like the
0: way Gibby's played his two starts, he deserves to get a little bit of a run here?
2: Uh, I mean
0: that's like the second thing the second hardest thing to to think of after a loss like that the first is getting cameras shoved in your face after the eighth straight loss that's the hardest thing to deal with for me personally i'm not good at it yet there's a minute 50 left it always hurts when they score does it hurt more when it's not gold it hurts when we take connor away and we watch film and and if you have to stand next to him you stand next to him not like any other human being because he can take off and our D cheats 15 feet above. We've done a great job throughout the day. He's gonna get his chances. Uh, so we've we earned it.
3: Alright, Doug Waite not happy, frustrated. We talked about where they are and he talked about giving McDavid too much room. At a crucial point of the game. Well,
4: yeah, when you watch the replay of that. Now, I'm not sure. I think it was number 60 was the the player that was out of position. Is there number 60? Before
3: Davidson had to race over. Yeah, well, not They yeah. don't have a 50, 60. 50, 50. That's sorry. it. sorry.
4: Yeah, so. That was Peleck. So, yeah, so Peleck's on the ice. The puck is behind the net. Ethan Bear is fighting for it in one corner. And Clefbaum does a really good job, sees that uh, Bears engage with another player. Clefbaum comes behind the net and gets the puck and then goes behind Talbot. He is at his own goal line. McDavid is standing at the far blue line, standing there. He's the best player in the world. He, he's the, the, really the only chance right now that the Oilers have coming back in this hockey game. And Pellick, who is on his side, like like the Dougie Wade just said, is 15 feet away from him. Now, if anything, be 15 feet on the other side because you can't give Connor McDavid an inch, let alone 15 feet. And Mc, and uh, Clefbaugh makes an, an, an awesome pass, a beautiful pass, right on the stick. And now Davidson has to come all the way across from the other side and now you're chasing. And Davidson's kind of flat-footed as he's coming across and allows McDavid to get a step. And I mean, it was a fluke goal. But what, Dougie Waite's saying there, if Pellick is standing beside McDavid, first of all, Clefbaum probably doesn't make the pass. Second of all, if he makes the pass, Pellick just stands there and holds on to McDavid. The puck probably gets chipped through, and Davidson goes and gets the puck. So you are a team that is absolutely desperate right now for points, and you've played Connor pretty good, and you've played a, a pretty good defensive game compared to what you usually play and then you give that up. I can see the frustration that Dougie Wade has.
3: That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers take it 2-1. You will hear from the captain, Connor McDavid. Hazen is going to finish the play. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions
0: Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Shootout win for the Oilers
3: tonight, 2-1 over the New York Islanders. Thomas Hickey scored early in the third. McDavid tied it a bit of a good break, bank shot with a minute 50 left. Well, not a bit. It was a good break, bank shot. Off Davidson, off the goalie's helmet and in. Thrilling overtime, McDavid had a penalty shot, hit the post in the shootout. Nugent Hopkins, yes. Eberle, yes. Leon, no. Bovier no. McDavid, yes. Tavares, no. And the Oilers get the 2-1 victory. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. Oilers got to get five in a game for us to turn that on. Then you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown south side, and Northside. 780-496-0063. We have Hazen on the line. Hi, Hazen.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Oh, that's good. Uh, my question is, um, obviously, one of Shirelli's, uh stronger moves at the deadline was acquiring Pontus Aberg. He says he's got a lot of skill and speed, which is uh, well needed on this team. Uh, where do you see him moving forward? I think his contract runs through the 2019 season, if I'm correct. Yeah, he's and, got one uh,
3: more one more year.
1: Yeah. Do you, you kind of see him as a middle to bottom six player or, or a guy who's you know, earned the minutes can, uh, can come in and make an impact on the, on the top two lines. Where do, where do you see him at?
4: I think the hope is he's got the skill level and the speed to play in your top six. I think the safe guess is he's got the skill level and speed to be in your third line. And, yeah. you're, and you're hoping it, 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 it that's where it is. I don't think he would be a guy that you would want in your fourth line. I think that uh, fourth line usually has, you know, bigger grinder, better defensive hockey players. I I think that he's got some skill. He certainly has some speed, and they're hoping that he can find some consistency in his game and, and be a top-nine forward. I think we've seen glimpses. Uh, I don't know if we've seen uh, enough yet to, to anoint him, a guy that's going to play top-nine next year, but I know that that's what their hope is.
3: Yeah, I I, th- I, I he hasn't... He hasn't disappointed me, but he hasn't impressed me, I guess, would be the way for me I mean, to put it. And it's been only a few games,
4: too. Yeah, right? I mean, tonight, you didn't really notice him a whole lot tonight in a game where, uh, I mean, anybody outside of McDavid or Drysaddle could have shone tonight and, and been, yeah. a, been a hero, and you just really didn't notice a whole lot of, of him or a lot of other guys. Hazen,
3: we're going to finish the play with you. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to JetSet. Set U Park. Jet Set Parking Park, cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com.
1: To win the game, penalty shot, in overtime, picks it up at center, right to left, he's in over the blue line, top of the right circle, Loads, fires off the post.
3: Off the post, now McDavid had a penalty shot in the very first regular season game in this building, October of 2016 against Calgary, he scored, was the Flames goaltender Mika Kiprasov or Brian Elliott? Oh, guys. Don't Kevin Ryan out. Oh no, yeah, don't say Kippersaw. Yeah. I wanted you to win, Hazen. <laughs> Hang on the line, okay?
4: <laughs> All right. Well, it's so, funny when you said at the start, I'm like, was that this year? That God, that seems like a long no, time ago. It was ago.
3: October 2016. That's right. Yeah, that was an exciting game. That, that
4: was a very. That was the big comeback, wasn't it?
3: Uh, no, they were ahead in that one. Oh, were they? They were ahead three-one. Flames tied at three-three, and oh. then the won 7-4, I believe. We need more seven-four hockey games. Well, it could happen. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the number, but let's hear from McDavid for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL on the West End or online at GCLDiesel.com. Connor,
5: right, just take us through the kind of last half of that third period where you guys were fighting so hard to get that time. You were basically out there for a second shift.
2: Yeah, um, you know, definitely. Um, you know, we gave up a goal early in, the f- early in the first period, and that seems to be the, or sorry, the, the third period when it's a tie game, that seems to be the common trend where we kind of just roll over and, and uh, the game, we lose. And you know, not tonight, but I thought the guys battled hard and found a way to get a goal. i will be a little cheeky, and, um, and we got a win. Did you ever say that you felt
4: like lots of guys have five years and you went into the seventh? the last part of the third and the overtime but how do you feel when you can just kind of crank it up to a level like that that few guys
2: have? Um, I'm not sure I look at it like that. You know, it was a, it was a time in the game when you know, we needed someone to step up and you know, we had a bunch of guys make a lot of good plays and jobs especially, uh, you know, we gave up two on ones trying to trying to score and, and tie the game and you know, he held it at one and, and uh, we found a way to get one. Is
6: it, I mean, is it fair to say that you know, when you're on the ice
2: in a tight game and you give up the goal you kind of you feel like yeah, not that the other team won but you really want to get that back when it's your line that, that gives it the well especially especially when, when Leon and I are playing together we, we definitely you know, if, we, if we end the game minus one there's a good chance that uh, we didn't end up on the right side of the score sheet or, uh, on the game so uh, you know, uh, us, our line especially has to It'll be better um, and not give up goals in the third period, especially. But uh, you know, I thought we did a good job overall uh, uh, during the game to you know, play a tight-checking game and, and take our chances when we had them. Will you think more about the one that you
6: got in the shootout or the one that
2: you missed? <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, we got the win, and that's all that matters. Obviously, in, the, in overtime, it would have been nice to, to get that one, but uh, you know, we'll take the shootout win. Uh, the goal, you scored at the end. All right, go cool. Davey stick. Davey stick. Yeah, one went off Davy Stick, I guess, and then kind of off the goalie. Uh, you know, definitely a lucky play, but, um, you know, we'll take it.
3: Well, yeah, you take it. <laughs> There's events of funny ones against them, so they get one tonight to uh, tie it up and then win in a shootout 2-1 over the New York Islanders. By the way, Rob, face-off trivia was uh-huh. a good one today. I did not hear it. A lot of discussion about trades between the Oilers and the Islanders. Uh-huh. On August 25, 1997, the Oilers traded Marius Tchaikovsky to the Islanders for who?
4: No idea. Dan Lacouture. Oh, that would never have been a guess for me.
3: Doug knew that. He gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Well, another unheralded goalie does pretty well against the Oilers. He doesn't get the win, but he is the second star tonight. Christopher Gibson, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency
5: trustees. Yeah, I still have a lot of things that I need to work on to get to to where I want to be, and uh, like I said earlier, it's frustrating that we're only leaving with one point tonight.
1: Tell me about your route, you are born
6: in Finland, you went to school in Wilcox, you live in Montreal. Uh, How would you describe your path to this night?
5: Um, It's been a long and uh, hard path, to be honest with you. It hasn't been easy, but uh, um, that's why I cherish every single moment that I'm here, every single minute, every single chance that I get to play. Uh, I'm excited and I'm, I'm happy about everything.
6: What uh, tell me about who's your dad? He was a, he was a kickboxer? Where was he? Yeah,
5: from? my dad's from uh, England actually. He's a black belt in kickboxing and he has his own uh, martial arts studio back home in Finland. So, he's a he's a great athlete and a great guy. Artist? Yeah, artist too. What's he do? Um, everything. He likes to take uh, pictures of when we go on vacations and uh, make those uh, for his own painting, so it's it's actually pretty How did your neat. Family...
3: Interesting guy, Christopher Gibson. I'm sure a lot of people Googling him and reading up tonight.
4: I am now, too. I, he, he went to Notre Dame. He lives in Montreal. He's Finnish, and his dad is from England. And he's a kickboxer and an artist. <laughs> wow. That's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I want to read more about it. and hopefully we're going to hear more about him, too, because uh, he was sensational tonight, and it was an all-world goal that Connor McDavid scored in the shootout was the only thing that could beat him. But, yeah, uh, it was fun. It's always fun watching someone starting out their career, but it's also even more interesting and exciting reading him And I like the question, How? tell me about your path to get here, reading how that kid got here to get his opportunity because he certainly is taking full advantage of the opportunity he's been given. All right.
3: Slow start to this game. It picked up in the third. The Oilers get a bounce to tie it and then win in a shootout, 2-1 over the New York Islanders. Our next broadcast here on 630 Ched, Saturday night, Minnesota Wild, final game of the Oilers, five game homestand, 630 face-off show. The game will start at 8. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Thanks to Troy Bowler. He's our engineer here at Rogers Place. You can get more on 630 chedcom Go to the Oilers page. We'll have some additional post-game interviews there for you as well, on behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osman Auctions Broadcast Center. Oilers win it 2-1 in a shootout. 630
0: Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.